welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. We're brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. We are, of course, a Woos Media Podcast. You want to check out any other Woos Media Podcasts, just search Woos Media on whatever player you're listening to now. All sorts of good stuff there. Make sure to check it out. I am Jared All, joined, as always, by Connor Holzkamp. Yeah, hello, hello. And on the ones and twos, Nick Sopris. Hey. Nick, I'm surprised based on the energy you've had since this game that you show up in a Broncos hat today. Look, I'm here in spirit, but my head hurts. Do you know what I'm saying? But before we get to that, I just wanted to address from last week, our boy, Jimmy G, (laughs) shutting down the Rams. 24-9, Super Bowl champion Matt Stafford, 32 for 48, 254 yards, no tutties, one pick, and Jimmy G... 16 for 27, 239, and a tutty. Better Speak, put him in the Hall Jared. of Fame. Better Speak. put him in the Hall of Fame. Just like y'all put Matt Trey, Stafford Trey in the Hall of Fame. Trey Lance too. or like, what's the deal there? Oh, do, they dude, win, do they win like 42 Trey to Lance would have like, had the same passing yards and then like 75 rushing yards and like too. Probably. Maybe two picks. So. Yeah, and yeah. a couple fumbles and like <laughs> maybe a lot less passes to make his passer rating go up. Dude, off. this I is mean. all Shanahan. I'm just giving Shanahan all the credit. It's it's all him. Without him, Jimmy G would have What? That, so mm. we're just going to give him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have to do this every week. What Baker, what Baker do this? I was going to say, if it's not Baker, because, boy, he didn't perform very well either. So I'm wondering. That's your boy, Jared. That's your boy, the baby Uh, Baker. Yeah, Baker. It's Against the Cardinals, 61% completion. Hey. For 197 yards, one touchdown over under two and a half picks, Jared. Uh, it was probably over uh, two picks. Okay, Ooh. yeah, that's your I, uh, boy. I'm a little bummed because that's I, your I, guy. I took the over on his yardage. Oh it was God. like 207, <laughs> and it didn't hit. So Wait, was that your Thrive pick? This no, time? no, no. We'll I, but it was on Thrive that I took it, and, and not gonna admit, like it was. It was a rough weekend for me on Thrive. It's been a rough. Okay, so yeah. Baker has thrown for over 200 yards. Once this, this season for 235 yards yeah, against the I, I Browns. Mean, I'm just saying. I'm just I can saying. keep arguing with you guys about Jimmy Garoppolo, whether you agree that or not, but I, I'm starting to lose any arguments I can make about <laughs> Baker Mayfield. <laughs> All right, on to Jimmy G. Pretty <laughs> On to Jimmy right G. Now. Hey, it's a long season. We're still early. He's just getting his feet wet in a new system. That's about what I got. Mm, That's yeah, about what I got. Okay, so it's fair. <laughs> so we're saying Trey Lance against the Rams drops 35. Oh, easy, dude. Probably 40 plus, dude. See, this is an argument that he will never lose because it's all theoretical. I like this you know? one. They call, like that a, they call that a holes camp <laughs> argument. An argument that you can just theoretically win no matter what. Yep. Victory for Jared. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I, we all come in with a little bit of a weird energy today because, frankly, it's kind of a weird game the way that that panned out. You know, Was it? it I thought so. You know, it really felt like the the... Things were moving in the right direction until Melvin Gordon just like upped and chucked the ball into the Raiders defender. And, oh my God. and that to me was a turning point in that game. And, and you know, they had their chances, but uh, a lot of negative coming out of this game. It's not just the loss itself. Uh, the injuries too. Lots of injuries coming out of this one and significant ones. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start uh, on, on dwelling on this game itself or do we want to talk about these injuries? Let's oh, let's know the game. Okay. Yeah, let's dwell, let's and then dwell. we'll talk. Yeah, let's, let's dwell. dwell. All right, dwell for me, Connor. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> dwell on the game. Okay. Uh, what's I mean? What is there to say? It was not a very good game. They appear to be struggling, to say the least, on offense. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. 
The Broncos 66 points through the first four games of the season is the lowest the Broncos have scored in points since any guesses? Anyone want to guess when the last no. time the Broncos scored last? I don't want to. I don't want to guess. I'm going to say it because it's probably wrong, but I'm going to say 2015 in that Super Bowl year. Incorrect. Okay. 2006. I'm, okay. It was Jay Cutler's rookie season. Uh, Jake Plummer was on the team. Jay, yeah, Jay he got Cutler benched. Got drafted. Yeah. He got yeah. J- uh, Plummer got right benched. after the AFC Championship game. Yep. And then I digress. and then before that, the last time it happened was 1999, is the year John Elway retired. So that's the company the Broncos are in through the first four games of the season. It has been tough. Think about all the quarterbacks, all the offenses, all the coaches that we have gone through since Peyton Manning. And every single year, they have put up more points through four games than we have seen so far. That is my biggest takeaway. And I know that I have defended Melvin Gordon in the past. I have said that I like him as a backup running back. And I'm here to tell you that... I'm looking like I have egg on my face after that fumble, okay? He is averaging one fumble every 60 carries in the NFL, and that goes all the way back even in his Pro Bowl years with the Chargers. That is too much. That's unacceptable. I mean, we're talking of of a guy's getting 20 carries a game. That's every three games you're fumbling. Absolutely, and at this point, I liken it kind of, they they say in uh, baseball, when you have the yips, that's what they call it. You have the yips. It seems like sometimes you get a couple airs that come in bunches, right? Yes, we know what the yips are. Well, okay. Hey, maybe. Maybe you didn't we know, know what the yips are. The yips are. Also, uh, a.k.a. the shanks. Seems like seems like a, a thing. That's actually just a normal game for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like a problem that has followed him throughout his career Pathetic. has just compounded in these first four games, and it has been absolutely miserable. And I cannot sit here and defend Melvin Gordon anymore. I, I can't do it anymore. I cannot do it. I hope that he comes back and makes a great comeback story, runs for 150 yards, no fumbles next game. But I have no confidence that that is going to happen. So my biggest takeaways from this game, I guess I, I would say three things. The Broncos' total lack of offense, Melvin Gordon's continued fumbling woes, and then the defense who got smashed for 200 over 200 yards Man, it's, it's weird it's almost like maybe one or two of the hosts on here last week were saying that you should probably expect that to happen yeah it's weird expect that to happen that the broncos top five defense elite. was not going to maintain quote, this top five elite. status quote once they started elite. playing better okay, offenses so, okay so i may end up having to come pull a melvin gordon again a few weeks from now but as, i'm still here to tell you that it might have just been a, a hiccup a, a hiccup, a slip for this defense. If they can Love figure your out optimism, if they can Love figure it. out that running game, okay. I, which, what are the what, uh, okay? Let me put it this way: Why do you have any reason to believe that that this game wouldn't just be an aberration in terms of the rushing defense? Why does the rushing defense even concern well, you here, moving the, forward? Because right? it doesn't concern me. Here's the problem with with the logic that we have: is we're going to play the Colts on Thursday. One of the worst teams in the league. If we don't hold them to a relatively low output, the warning signs are not only on, they're freaking out going nuts. So Connor's going to be vindicated through the uh, Broncos Colts you, call. You, you, you're glossing right over the fact they got Jonathan Taylor, and I get he has not had the production. He does have the sprain this ankle. Year. Uh, is, he, is he out? We, he said he's like 50-50 just because it's a Thursday he'll, game. He'll, he said he'd play. He'll show up. He'll put up some numbers against the Broncos. So where I'm concerned is not even really the next like three to four weeks. We'll probably get crushed by the Chargers. It's hard to say. But then you've got 
Jaguars, Titans, and then you're going back to the Raiders at home. Maybe a little different, but it's it, this is so primed for us to go right back to this defense is elite. Yeah, not to say that they're not. But I was going to say, just to be clear, I I personally never said this isn't a good defense. I, I even an above average, great potentially great defense. It's not elite. It's not a top five defense. The numbers were saying it was top five. This is a ten to fifteen defense in the league, and you can win with that if your offense wow. turns it around. Well, so that's what you think in terms of scoring defense. You think they're going to end up around ten to fifteen? Yeah. I, I think that's a pretty accurate statement. And wow. no, I'm not betting you guys 100 bucks. I, I already owe you guys too you. much money. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like. Uh, I definitely think they're going to finish in the top 10 for no doubt about it in, in scoring defense. I mean, I, I look, I do think, I do believe in the talent that is on this defense, right? I know we're going to talk about injuries in a bit, and I know we had some, uh, some more injuries on, on the defensive side of the ball. But I still believe in the depth they have to get to the quarterback. I believe in that defensive line. I believe in uh, Mike Purcell is a big man, hard to move. I believe in this defense. The, the, the depth in their secondary is fantastic. Pastor Tan is playing like a freaking Super wild animal. Is he, is he the best quarterback in the league? Are we like ready I mean, to go there, man? Well, it's hard to say because some of us on this podcast would much rather have like a quarterback a la Justin Fields <laughs> over a guy that shuts the field down in half. So when you have these these incidents where now we're appreciative of certain picks that we made in lieu of quarterbacks that we give up a la Connor. Right, and fair, to be fair. And, That's and fair, yes, I will say this. I want to put this out there in hindsight. Yeah. The Broncos <laughs> made the right move in theory on a year after year basis. I'm still taking the quarterback. No way. Yeah, see, the, way I no put, way. the way I put that is the Broncos still made the wrong selection, but they ended up getting lucky and it, and it lucky? turned out to be yes, because you needed a quarterback and you need to draft a quarterback. And the only way that you can argue that that was a, in hindsight, the better move is if none of the quarterbacks from that first round draft end up panning out. And granted, my choice of Justin Fields is clearly looking like a loser right now. Uh, good thing they don't pay me the big bucks to be the GM of the Broncos, right? Uh, so in hindsight, yes, it obviously is looking great. I love Patrick Sertan. He is a fantastic player. But no, I'm you know, I still will not back down from the principle, the philosophy. And then what you've got a quarterback you you've have, got a quarterback on a rookie deal with no depth. And then you and the then you have a love, and then you once, have no depth, and now you just overpay for a quarterback or you paid him correctly with absolutely yes, no because, depth. Because like no, I no, said, then it doesn't no. matter. Pastor Tan could turn the out to be a best part of why you draft Justin Fields is because now as he's not panning out, you just kick him out to wide receiver and now you got yourself yeah. a wide receiver yeah. to play, okay? I just it's crazy. It's crazy. This is why you draft players that aren't necessarily the end-all be-all and you take guys like Pat Sertan. You take linemen like a Quentin Nelson. I didn't love... I, I wanted Quentin Nelson, not Josh Allen in my defense, but, you know, Bradley Chubb worked out and so that's one of those Yay. things. He didn't not work out, let's just say that, hey, but wait, you've got to have... Just to be clear here, are you trying to say that it was not a mistake even in hindsight for the Broncos to pick Bradley Chubb? What, what do we always say off air? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, you you were advocating in the moment too. You weren't not just this isn't just hindsight. You were advocating in the moment for Quentin Nelson. I was advocating in the moment for Josh Allen. Yeah, but can we can we say if we're going to play hindsight, can we say for sure that the Broncos would have coached and trained up Josh Allen to be the quarterback yes, that absolutely. he was? Absolutely. So it's a no doubt or no matter what. Definitely not. Yeah, Correct. It would not have. At, Correct. You're telling me that you think coaching makes enough of a difference to where a I think MVP I think the, I think the offense that you have fizzled out. The yeah. offense that you have I, a player in. I think matters. if Justin Fields goes to New England instead of going to Chicago, he is a different quarterback today than he, he is right now. I, he, think, it, I think you're. 
overrated no, coach. I, I think there is absolutely an aspect to it. It's not just the coaching. It's not the X's and O's and the plays you're calling. It's putting a player in a position to be successful. Coaching. It's building it's a coaching. culture of a program, of a, a team. That's what Bill Belichick has done around Mac Jones. You're telling me Mac Jones is a better a, you know, pure passer quarterback than Justin Fields than some of these other guys. I don't think he is. He's showing that he is, but he's showing <laughs> like, that hey, on a not. good team that's well coached that makes good moves and good decisions and doesn't fire coaches every two or three years. It's fair with yeah, Mac Jones. It, that's, that's a fair point with Mac Jones. Go, going back to the quarterback point, it's tough because you you always every year there's three or four guys. Josh Rosen. You've got Sam Darnold that were in that draft equally, if not more highly touted than Josh Allen. The only reason Josh Allen was higher is because he had what Paxton Lynch esque qualities. He was tall. He was big. He could move. So we can't always just draft a quarterback and continuously fail for eight to nine years because these coaches and GMs have a shelf life. So you have to draft teams and players that create depth that fill in holes and you hope that you can make it work with a quarterback or you draft a guy that unfortunately I am tired of the Russ hate but unfortunately has been playing exactly like Geno Smith statistically the first four games of the season. Ooh, that's cold. Ooh, that's, that is that's cold. But, but significantly richer Geno Smith. No, significantly let's, richer. Let's, let's put that out there. Maybe. Yes, maybe. Yeah. And, and in getting back to, you know, what you were, you were talking about with, with, with Melvin Gordon and uh, I mean, talk about kicking a, a fan base when they're down, right? If you're following social media during that game, it so quickly went from like, do not ever, that better be the last carry ever for Melvin Gordon yeah. with the Broncos, this, that, and the other. And then the game goes on. Javante Williams ends up with the injury and uh, oh boy, it looks like we're getting a whole heavy dose of Melvin Gordon moving forward. It's like, man, that's like the worst, the sickest feeling you can have as a fan base to go from hoping this guy never sees the ball again. To now we need to him. To now he is your, <laughs> he is your leading best option. running we need back. You. <laughs> and about the only guy you can truly count on. That's tough, man. And and, and just to talk about this offense as a whole, you, you kind of touched on it. The, the 16.5 points per game. That's that's terrible. You know what they, the Broncos averaged last year? 2021 for the full season? 19 maybe? 19.7. Mm. I mean, we are a field goal a game lower than what we thought was the lowest low this offense could ever get. And you look up and down, the only stat so far on a per game, yards per game basis that is better in 2022 versus 2021 is passing yards. They're up five yards, but oh. they're down in every other category, every other stat. It's it's bad. And, and, we're, and we're dwelling, right? So the biggest thing that you look at generally speaking that the Broncos have struggled with is penalties and the thing that gets constantly brought up is third down efficiency. They were three for 11 on third down seven penalties. Granted the yards weren't as bad, but they were critical for 50 yards. I mean, it's just you can't you cannot have that. The Broncos ran 48 plays. The Raiders ran 74. You're just asking to get crushed. You're asking for it. And, the, and I would even argue that the score is not the, the game was tight until it wasn't and then it, it should have been it, it, we're lucky it wasn't 40 to 23 with 39 to 23 whatever oh and that garrett bowls huh <laughs> he dope for the he, i like that, <laughs> that dive. no i saw that something on twitter dive. that that put was put out that i thought was hilarious it's like that's you in a madden game when you're pissed off and you just dive randomly <laughs> and you know you have no chance but you go for it anyways like what are you doing bro you yeah. know you're gonna get it up on on film we, we talk about this all the time garrett bowls obviously struggled this game i think it was just kind of the combination it was just kind of the icing on top when russell wilson is your leading rusher that's a problem yeah that would be an issue it is also an issue when russell wilson has 
more passing yards to himself than Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and his starting tight end, Alberto, with the same amount of receptions, which is one. Because, of course, he threw that one ball that got tipped back to him and he ran forward, so he ended up having more passing yards the, to himself. It's, a, it's not a good look. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. And, and even the Broncos running game, it never really got going. I mean, even with Javante in the game, he was averaging, what, like 2.6 yards a carry or something along those lines? 2.8. 2. 2. 10 2. carries 8. to 28. Okay. Are, right. there, are there any thoughts that, that old Nat, who we're back to Nat Back now, to Nat. those who have been following. Back uh, to Nat. We, we got up to Nath. Now we're back to Nat. Yes, we, 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 he we earns, removed the letters of his it's name. It's a better feel. Nat. And he can earn back letters of his yeah. name on our show. Do we have any any thoughts that Nat is is pressing too hard? You know, when you look back at what he did week one, God, everything was to the running backs and tight ends. And now it's... They're not existent. They're not even targeting them in the passing game, and it just—it it feels like maybe we're trying to do too much to manufacture this offense right now. I, I mean, maybe gotta do something, right? It, <laughs> right. You uh, definitely doesn't look good. I'll just say that. I mean, I think this team is definitely missing the impact of a Tim Patrick as well, and it's something that I know we mentioned before, but. He is a really big component of what the Broncos can do. He's a really big body, big red zone target, right? And is he because he can't get open? He can't get open. They, leading, leading the Broncos in touchdowns, Tim Patrick. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we said Albert O. I'm nope, so sorry. I'm Apologies. No. Tim Apologies. Patrick. Yeah. Thank you. But yes, Albert O's a big yeah. body as well. And, and you know what? You bring up Tim Albert Patrick o. would be Tim great Patrick, for yeah. right now because yeah. Albert O cannot so do sorry. it. No, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that, that I think that's something that they're missing. I think that. While Jerry Judy certainly had a better showing this last week than he has in previous games, he still is not turning out to be that receiver that people had hoped. That I he just could be. keep envisioning him as your third receiver in the slot, and I think he could be dynamic, right? And this kind of goes back to Tim Patrick being missing. They're, they're counting on him in a, in a different role, uh, lining up in different alignments than he probably would be normally. And it, it does feel like, man, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make some plays. He's got some good deep threats. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not ready to say he's not meeting his expectations. I think he's made a, a, a significant jump this year. Okay, Jared, let me ask you this. At what point do are you going to be prepared to say that he is not living up to his draft status as a number one as a, as a wide receiver one in the NFL? I, I mean, when you look at the injuries so far in his career, I think you have to give the guy a full season. Uh, but he still drops so, continue to be a problem. Sure, he still had uh, what? Yeah, fifty four yards last game. Four catches, fifty three yards in 50, a tutty. Fifty three yards in a tutty, and, and he'll go from making a really a tremendous. Uh, uh, I would say a somewhere around tremendous catch on that touchdown catch. Some would uh, say the best catch. R Russell Wilson uh, underthrew it, but it was also, you could argue, that was like the perfect throw because he threw it right in between the over-the-top coverage. And Jerry Judy goes down and makes the catch. And then he drops a wide-open look as well. And those drops just keep yeah, coming for him. And, I, and it's so maddening to watch. Let's put it this way. I would say about the end of this season, if he's not continued to progress and get better and be that guy, and it's I'm not saying the stats this year will be that elite level, but if you're looking at maybe the snapshot of the last quarter of this year, we, we better be hoping to see Jerry Judy having really taking that step. That's why I think you've got to give him that full season as a starter before you can really write him off because he really hasn't had that so far in his career. I, but maybe that's part of it too, right? If he can't have a full season as a starter three years in a row, uh, now we got to start wondering, is this going to always be a problem for him? I think this is the one game 
out of the games that we have watched where you actually I've been pretty hard on Russ. You actually can't really blame him for this particular game. I think what Russ is going to have to realize and he already has he doesn't really run anymore in his I hate to call it advanced age. I mean, he's pretty much the same. Yeah, age what as happened? But he 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 has to run. Yeah, like, like he's, he's going to have to run. That was to create always offense. an element of he's, his. He's going to have happened. to run. So any this is I say that to say this is you know, the yards aren't necessarily there. From the from what Broncos fans want, I feel like he had a pretty solid game. He may still be a little uptight, but this is the first game I can say where I don't think you could point to us and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" But you know, with that said, I I think I I don't know how you ask him to do more. I I, I can't tell well, you how many times you are you watched. going to be asking him uh, to do you, more because you no longer have Javante Williams in your backfield. Hey, how many times was it third and six, third and eight, third and nine? So when you when you set these guys up, it's not like you're purposely setting them up for failure, but certainly when it's third and eight. Like, I, I do know what you're doing. I do want to mention, since you brought up Russell Wilson, one one thing that I've noticed, and I know this may be a bit sacrilegious out there, but he looks to my eyes to be just a tad bit slower than he has played, which, which is understandable, right? That happens to everybody as you get north of 30, right? You have to adjust your game. You have to change things around just a little bit in your style. Uh, we saw Peyton Manning do this brilliantly. I know I have right? learned that I cannot drink during the day and then go out at night. I can't. Correct. I got to go one or the other. You got to even then like the, the late night drinking yeah. is significantly shorter. Whereas you can stretch out day. No, drinking. see, I, I and this is maybe the mistake I'm making, but my solution to it, I keep going hard through the night. <laughs> the key is you Red have Bull. to chug like a gallon of water at the wow. end of the night. Oh, it does the trick. Mm. Man. A couple Advil it. like yes. midday and then a couple yes. Advil at like six. Little little <laughs> preparation Just for the hangover. Strategy. Right? Also having eggs in the house for the morning is, yeah. is huge. It's too. key, huh? And yeah, bacon. Key, okay. Key, yeah, yes. bacon's actually a yeah, wonderful. Bacon, bacon's very nice. Yeah. Okay, so with that said, I don't think that Russell Wilson needs to be running the ball in order to still be a very highly successful you say quarterback. Do not? I do not think that he needs to be running the ball. What I do think is part of what has made Russell Wilson so special and he, and and in that elite tier flirting with the elite tier of quarterback his whole career is how he operates outside the pocket. I think that using his legs just to get outside the pocket, buy a little more time for his receivers, he has been fantastic at that in his career. And I'm not sure if it's... I'm sure it's it's a combination of him maybe losing a step, maybe not quite having as much confidence in his body, doesn't want to get hurt, right? And also some scheming, right? But I would imagine that, uh, you know, I would hope that the Broncos start scheming up a little bit more to get Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson into the outside of the pocket. It, it's I want to see some play action bootlegs. I want to see some rollouts because that is where Russell Wilson has traditionally operated at a very high level, and we're not seeing enough of that. I, I, the, let's the thing that also the the line was terrible. The line was absolutely terrible. He had so much pressure, impossible to to allow him to create those deep plays. What I'm saying is super obvious, but the line was horrible. There was horrible. So anyway, I, I say that to say, I, I really, you really can't blame Russ for this particular game. It was more of a collective of everyone around Russ. And I am a little, and I, like I said, I've been hard on him too, but like you got to give, like there's so much pressure from the fans. You've got to ease up on Russ a little bit and at least. And see, I've been on Russ's side this whole year. You have, when, yeah. when people have, I've defended him saying, hey, he's not the reason. He's not the issue. I'm actually kind of the opposite of you right now. Like where I'm at with Russell Wilson. You don't, I'm starting to see the argument that you pay a guy $245 million. 
you are not paying that kind of money for a quarterback that needs a running game and a great line and a defense. Like if if you were looking for a quarterback that needs all these other pieces to be good to win a lot of you games, you go get Kirk Cousins. Then you get, well, hey, no, quit hating on Kirk Cousins <laughs> over here. Then you go get yourself a Baker Mayfield, Jimmy you Garoppolo. Know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but but you pay a quarterback like this because they are supposed to be able to cover up some of these holes. You mentioned that he had a pretty good game, and and he did by some by some regards, right? I wouldn't say a good game, but he he wasn't the reason we lost. I mean the the Mel- I hate to. I hate in sports when people blame one play, but that Melvin Gordon play crushed. It did crush. It crushed. It did crush. But everything. But I will say this too. Uh, what? Which one is it that goes to a hundred QBR or QB rating? QB. I well, it's QBR. QBR because it yeah. used to be quarterback rating, right. and then now it is. So I believe it's QBR. And they use I, QBR now yeah, for I, everything. I did happen to look at Russell Wilson's QBR, and it was in the fifties. Right, for this and that's game. good, right? If you're like into like the QBR, yeah forties yeah. to sixties, is kind of your that, average. That's right. It's kind of like an average. It's kind of like an average to slightly above average window. And the and average, honestly, I think that's indicative of how he has been. The average NFL quarterback typically has around a fifty QBR, while a Pro Bowler. Pro Bowl caliber quarterback will have approximately a 75. Okay. So, so he was slightly in the 50s, above average. And I, and, I, and I think that's indicative of what we've seen so far from Russell Wilson. Now, I'm not going to say that it absolutely is all on Russell Wilson's shoulders. Maybe some of this is scheming. You know, maybe some of it's scheming. Maybe maybe you do need to get Russell Wilson okay, out. Okay, I want to touch on that real quick because you, you said that. And this a, a flashback came to me from when Matt LaFleur took over. That first year he took over in Green Bay. And and I'm not sure if Nathaniel Hackett was on the staff or where his role was there. But I remember early in that season, there was the, the Packers struggled offensively. And there was this idea that of two clashing philosophies that everything Aaron Rodgers had always done was, was making plays out of the pocket, off schedule, all those things. And Matt LaFleur was dead set on, no, you make plays on schedule. We get the ball out of his hand quick because it will keep him healthy, keep him from getting so many big hits and so many big mistakes. It took a little time, but that has really panned out well for the Packers. And you've kind of mentioned this a few different times, the idea of scheming to get him out of the pocket. And it makes me wonder if Nathaniel Hackett, Nat, coming from that scheme, where that's what Mm. they were all about, is the quick hits, getting the ball out of his hand. If that's maybe a little bit of a clashing philosophies right now, maybe we will see that give a little bit, or maybe we'll find that success with what he is trying to do. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. That's a good point. And that's, it certainly is what you're seeing from the Broncos through four games of the season. You, you're seeing this emphasis on short, quick hitting passes. Like that's that's clearly what they're trying to do, right? So you bring up a good point. You know, coming from that coaching tree and that philosophy, there could be a little bit of a philosophical difference in terms of what I'm saying and what they believe. But it's not working. Yeah, <laughs> you got to right. do something. At some point, right? you have to. You also have to look at your horses and know what they're good and, at. And how many times? I mean. Why is it that every year it seems like we're talking about how coaches are not able to take the personnel that you have and scheme for your personnel? Why is this such a hard thing for for coaches across the whole NFL? You know, egos. That is probably it. It's egos, right? It's uh, it is fascinating to me because it just it seems like that would be the way to go. If you know as much about football as you claim to know as a head coach, as you should know as a head coach or an offensive coordinator in the NFL, you should be able to adjust your scheme to fit the skill set of your players. I mean, plain and simple. And, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe rolling them out there isn't the answer, right? But you got to figure out something, man, because 
you cannot pay a guy $245 million. You cannot bring in Russell Wilson and have your offense score less points than any Broncos quarterback in the last 17 years. You can't then, do it. Then smoking Jay, man, smoking Jay. Uh, well, honestly, if I'm if I'm Nat, I'm sitting down with Russ Wilson and getting his take on what what can I what can we do to make you more successful. I think that's absolutely where you should be at right now because all the pressure's on him now. You you know they're not just going to lean heavily on Melvin Gordon. At least that's my opinion of it. As we move forward, they have seen the fact that he has got like you said the yips right now. You can't just go ah. Eh, yeah, he'll be fine now that he's your starter. You know, Mike Boone is a very unproven guy in any significant role as a running back. He's been a special teams guy most of his career. Now you add a move, add a guy in Latavius Murray. I like that move, but you have to think he's a couple of weeks away from having any sort of impact. I don't know if he'll even suit up for the Broncos. They play Thursday night. Let's keep that in mind. It's Tuesday the 4th right now. They play two days from now. Yeah, and, That's and a too quick of a turnaround, I think, to him, get him on the field. Nat was asked about that today on Tuesday, and he did leave the door open. He said, we're not quite sure where we're going. We're just trying right now to get him in. We're going to uh, talk to him. We're going to see how he feels about everything. Yeah, uh, He, he kind of didn't close the door on it, but it, you're right. It's, it's, it's worth noting, turnaround. too, that Latavius Murray has been on New Orleans practice squad, so it's not like he's been completely out of football and away from football. He has been on a practice squad. Oh, he played last practicing. week. Oh, he, he did. He played last week. He got uh, on the Saints because Alvin Kamara was, oh, was yeah, sitting. He right. got okay. eleven. He he got eleven carries for fifty-seven yards last week. I'll take it. I'll take it right there. Uh, so maybe that does give you more of a thought that he might at least see the field a little bit. Maybe situation well, and for Broncos fans out there, just a little bit of good news for Latavius Murray, right? Uh, did a little search just to see if he had any sort of fumble problems. I mean, man, I, I did not want to come on here and say, hey, we uh, got a different guy that fumbles a lot. Uh, turns out he is not that guy. So we mentioned that Melvin Gordon uh, over his career is fumbling on average every 60 carries about. Latavius Murray has uh, one every 168 attempts. So every hundred, he's fumbling. So we're talking less. almost a third as many fumbles over his career per fumble per incoming carry. for Latavius Murray. As he I plays. know, right? He's right. calling it. <laughs> right. Is there a uh, is there a thrive fantasy not. bet for that? We might want to get on that. Uh, <laughs> now, so so I think that's a good pickup by the, by the Broncos, and and we'll see. And, and Mike Boone. I, Remind me, is he from the Panthers? Is that no, where he was? No, he was uh, Vikings. He, that, Vikings. That, that's where uh, mm. uh, uh, Peyton had familiarity with him. Coming right, from there the you Vikings. go. So, uh, you know, he had he's had a couple decent camps. He obviously got injured last year, wasn't part of the Broncos team. But looking good again this year, pre-camp. So I, I'm excited to see what he's got. I mean, none of these guys are Javante Williams. Yeah, right? like, what does this rotation look like? Now, I mean, do we do, do we think Melvin Gordon is the is the bell cow? Do we see a, a, a he definitely he definitely split? is the bell cow, and so we obviously hope the best for him in the sense of big game, no fumbles. I think everyone would be pleased, even just with three three and a half yards of carry, no fumbles. I think we'd be more than pleased, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine? Yes, I can. Can you? Imagine I know what you're going to say. If yes, Melvin Gordon goes out there on prime time in Invesco or not Invesco, sorry, in Power Field, Mile High. And, I like how you went like two back. You didn't even say sports with Thornfield. No you sports. went in full in basketball. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they went out of business, so now they're out of my mind. You see, uh, no. So uh, it, it's so interesting this this storyline going into this game because Melvin Gordon is set up to either have an awesome redemption night and run like crazy and and keep the football most importantly right, and he will in a lot of people's minds 
redeem a lot of what he has lost, right? I, I'm not well, saying unless you're going to give him the right? ball 60 times, you know. I mean, you, you won't you won't know if he's bucked that trend. <laughs> oh, yet. for sure, no doubt. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point. Okay, here's but, the thing: if I or if, if he does, he's going to get booed. He's going to be booed more than I yeah. have ever seen anybody booed. Yes. in in do, the Broncos. Do we know? Do we Seriously. know whether whether Nat or George Payton has final say on roster moves? Um, I, I, on roster moves, I, I got to believe that's George Payton. Yeah. Okay, so if I'm George Payton, I'm hanging out on the sideline in this game, okay? Melvin Gordon fumbles. Want to call him over to me? And I'm going to immediately relieve him of his duties oh and get him God. the hell Mid off game. of this team. That's so, Mid-game, uh, get out of here, bro. That no is, more. That Just is, no uh, more. That's harsh. No more, man. Can't take it. That's harsh. Can't take it. I actually disagree with you guys. Though. I don't think you're going to see. I mean, this game, yes. It's going to be very heavy. Melvin Gordon, I think you'll see some Mike Boots. Maybe, maybe Latavius Murray gets in there for five plays, ten plays, just to get him a little bit familiarized with some things. But I think in the coming weeks, if I mean, Latavius Murray, he's never been the guy, but he's been a very productive backup in this league, backing up Alvin Kamara. He, he uh, was the guy, though, too, as well. He's, he has spent some time. He's, I know he's, yeah, he's he, spent like eight, nine, ten weeks in a row being, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's been, and he's been productive. I think he's a guy that I actually think counters all right, yeah. Melvin Gordon very well. So I think you're going to kind of see a one-two punch with Mike Boone being your, kind of the odd man out that will get some of the carries situationally. I think Mike Boone still plays well, a special teams let, role for this team. Let's not forget that Mike Boone also had a couple of real head-scratcher drops. Yeah. Right? I mean, those, those were some... Honestly, I mean, if we're being honest, we want to boil it down to one play. I mean, he dropped that fourth down catch right in his hands. That that ended That is brutal, I too. Mean, and like, obviously, that doesn't get the, the airspace that Melvin Gordon's fumble does, nor should it. Melvin Gordon's fumble was clearly a backbreaker. But those drops are pretty brutal as well. They were absolutely brutal. I would actually anticipate that this game, right, going back to your question... I would anticipate that you're going to see close to a 60-40 split with Melvin Gordon and Boone for this game. And the only way I think Latavius Murray really gets any sort of run is if Melvin Gordon actually does the unthinkable or or the oh thinkable, oh uh, depending God. on who you are, and, and coughs up the football again. If, if that happens... I absolutely see them yanking Melvin Gordon. That's it, right? That's the end of the road for him. Uh, and then to your point, I don't think it'll be during the middle of the game, Jared. <laughs> but I do think that he ends up getting released after the game. If, if that happens... Okay, I was actually joking. Release. You, you I don't think they'll release Melvin Gordon? I, 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 was, I was totally joking. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I, you really? know what? I, I think it's one of those... If 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 Javante Williams was coming back in the season, maybe. But, I mean, you're just so thin behind him. Well, and he did him. pay him. I mean... Yeah, the money. I itself just think is that not the big, depth itself is such a big yeah, deal. I think if Javante was was on the roster, I think that's a, yeah. a different story. But you've got to have him. It's a guy that knows I, the I seriously, you guys think if if Javante Williams doesn't get injured, we might be talking about Melvin Goring having gotten cut. Like that might have happened after this last week. Had, had that? See, I think they're right there still. I, I think here's the thing: is it doesn't matter how much potential you have or what you're doing, or maybe you are the best. I, none of that matters if you're going to cough up the football. Yeah. And, and, and I can All, totally see. I think it is an absolutely realistic possibility. If he coughs up the football again, he is gone. And insert Latavius Murray and, and Boone. And, and if one of them is not cutting it, they will grab another guy off the you know, street. You know because, a guy, a guy matter. that has never fumbled in his career? Oh, God, don't say Philip Lindsay. Philip freaking Lindsay. Lindsay. That's the guy you go sign if My you God. need to get Melvin Gordon out. Please. So. Yeah, oh, please. please. Oh, please. Where is, is Philip Lindsay like selling iPhones? Uh, no, he's on a, he's on a yeah, practice, practice squad. squad summer. He was with oh, the Colts in okay. preseason and then got cut. I don't know where he got picked uh, up. But. Honestly, 
Yep. It doesn't I mean, matter. I yes, third sure, back, sure. right? I mean, that's not a bad kind of sign, isn't it? Think, I think he's with the Colts. I actually think he's with the Colts. Okay, well, I'm at a point where if Melvin Gordon fumbles again right now, you, you can't have he's him running the, the football. You cannot have okay, him running okay, the football. Okay, here's a name. Here's who you should line up in the backfield. Don't do it. Kendall Hinton. Guy is versatile, man. You no. play quarterback, you play wide receiver. No. Stick that dude at yeah, running back. No. He's 160 pounds soaking Perfect. wet. Perfect. Get him pounds. on the edge, man. Get him on the edge. I'm just kidding. I don't know how much he weighs, <laughs> but he's a little guy. All right. Javante Williams is not the only injury, guys. That's obviously the one we're focused on, but there was another pretty significant injury in that game. Connor's guy. Uh, Connor's guy. Somebody that we never in a million years would have thought he'd have an injury, right? Or have any reason to not play. Yeah. Uh, Randy Gregory goes down with a his is being defined as a meniscus injury it is not an acl all of his ligaments are intact but he is having surgery on that knee is on the short-term ir which puts him out for at least four weeks what kind of impact do we expect this to have? He's had a good year. I mean, all, all the joking aside, the criticism of signing him to the deal that we did, he's been productive wait, wait, and he's wait. been disruptive. I, I got to stop you there for one second. What What do you mean we had no reason to believe he would get injured? That what? was a joke. I know. What was, was no, what was the... Uh, are you trying to imply that he has been injured oftentimes? Yes. He, he's yes. been... He, he the has. problem is... is that he has this major portion of last season injured. Hang on. Let me, let me just tell you something here. He has been eligible to play in 58 games in his NFL career. Now, granted, he has missed 54 because of suspension. Sure. Okay. But he's also had injury issues. He has, missed, in- he has, missed, he has missed a total of eight games. He had two injuries that were four-game injuries each. Um, and and he, so he has played in 50 of 58 games that he has been eligible for. That is not an injury-prone pl- player. Let's not... Re- let's not but re- no, 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 here's eight, the thing. eight out of 58, that's a significant portion to miss. I'm, I'm going to give you the cliche of one cliches. One was a high ankle that's, sprain, one was a calf sprain. We're talking 15, like, 20% of your games I'm, that you're I'm going to give you a cliche. The best ability is availability. Yes. And that's a guy that every... I hate to say everybody, but a lot of Broncos fans that weren't fans of this, like, moved to Colorado, had a substance abuse problem from marijuana. I like Randy Gregory, but you come to Colorado, we pay you, we know that you have problems staying on the field regardless of whatever the issues are. Yeah, but we're not talking about a suspension. No, 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 so but irrelevant. even you just said what it was, ankle, and what was the other one? Uh, so he had a high ankle sprain in 2015. Okay. He missed four games. The only other time he missed a single game because of injury was 2021. Last year, he missed four games because of a calf strain. Okay, talk to any offensive lineman, defensive lineman, even talk skill position players. The legs, man. Once the legs, once you start having injuries with your legs, that is a problem. That starts to creep up and add up and, and like, becomes again, an issue. I'm just saying, multiple injuries, multiple years. It's a guy that has missed time. We knew that going in. That was that was a lot of the criticisms when they signed him. Had, honestly, didn't have much to do with the suspensions because that, that to me has to been put. No, that has been put behind him more. His last couple of years, he was not missing time because of yes, suspension. Yes, he was. Yes, last year was his first year off of suspension, and he and he only missed four games, and it was the injury to his okay. calf. Like, okay. I honestly. I am not prepared to say that before this season started, you could look at him and say he is an injury-prone guy. Wow. A high ankle sprain in 2015 and a calf Missing sprain in 2021. Missing 20% of your games is not injury-prone in you're, a you're four-year t- span. Two injuries in a six-year span. Well, but some of those <laughs> some of those, some of of those, those were based off of suspensions, things like that. So some of those numbers are skewed, and you know it. So we know when, we knew that when we drafted him, or not drafted him, when we signed him, high-risk, high-reward player, and unfortunately, 
the number came out on the craps table and it was a seven. Yeah, you know it what though? I'm just, it I'm was not a big fat here. six one. All right, all right. Is what hey, it was. We can move on. We'll agree to disagree. I do not think that two. I don't think a high ankle sprain in 2015 and a calf strain in 2021 means you're an injury prone. That is just some poor luck, right? And he didn't. It wasn't like he re. It wasn't like okay. It would be different if he injured a knee, like had an ACL or something, and then he got another big time knee injury on the same knee. In oh, good. Just every part of his leg is falling apart. No, but, That's good. So you're gonna tell me that someone who rolls an ankle and then breaks their wrist and then and then has a hamstring pull within a few year time span misses like you said 15 percent of no, your game this is the guy this is the, this is the guy though that that may not have been out for injury but he, he's known to have knee issues uh 2018 had knee, uh, knee injuries 2021 had knee injuries 22 shoulder like this guy yeah, has this games though yeah but that that's, doesn't that, that doesn't, doesn't mean he's not injured still he's a guy yeah. that is constantly showing up on the injury report and and yes connor absolutely who we're doesn't all, show up on we're the all injury we're all the over the Are age of 30 right now and i don't know about you guys when was the last time you rolled an ankle and how long does that take you to come back from that I mean, those are the types All of injuries saying, they start to pile. High risk. Well, he has had seven years, so I'd imagine that he's yeah, and he's been suspended it. for a lot of them for for right, a, so a he's large. Fresh. He hasn't been playing, right? He's and he's, and he's hurt. Good. And guess what? He's hurt. And mm. you yeah. know what I'm saying? The the proof is in the pudding. He's now injured. He's out for at least four weeks. A lot of timetables have that time frame longer, but they have to keep him out for at least four weeks by putting him on weeks. that short term IR. Well, so now it's uh now it's time for Baron Browning and uh, Nick Benito. And for all in, of right? the I love mean, that Baron Browning was getting this this preseason I can't say watching the games that I've seen a ton of impact from him how big of a drop off is that to go from Gregory who has hey for again the criticism we want to give he was productive so far this year is that a is that going to be a noticeable drop off Hey, look, Gregory was playing fantastic, and we just don't know what we got in Browning. I don't think he's been playing all that many snaps. I'm, I'm going to see if I can pull up the snap count real yeah. quick. And while you're doing that, what I'll say to it is I actually think it has less to do with Browning and the guys next to him or the guys after him on the depth chart. It's it's how does this uh, affect the guy on the other side in Bradley Chubb, who now very easy to just put all your attention to Bradley Chubb, where I think you were getting a lot of one-on-ones with having both guys on the I mean, field. here's the thing. In the, in the offseason, I believe Browning was playing inside linebacker. They moved him to outside Correct. linebacker. You don't really know how he's going to adjust. I also believe this is his first start. I mean, that's fairly obvious, but yeah. I believe it's his first start, so there's no way to know what you're getting. The, the, the kind of rapport on him is that he was raw. Yeah. What, what's our stats looking like, Connor? Yeah, so uh, last week well i guess last week's not last week he had 57 percent snaps but obviously yeah Gregory was yeah. Out. Uh, the week before he had 34 percent of the snaps that's not very much whereas you know so but he is playing okay uh, that was actually that's higher than i thought it would be yeah uh you're going 34 percent and the week before was 48 percent okay and it looked like randy gregory was around 68 percent of snaps and then 71 percent of snaps okay. so um Hey, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, to your point, he hasn't really show. You, you don't notice him in the game that much. Um, but now's the time. He had a good preseason. We were talking about it, right? Everyone was talking about it. He made that move to outside linebacker and, and made a couple plays in the preseason. I know it's preseason. I'm not freaking out over that, but he did look pretty good, and it looked like maybe he had found a home with outside linebacker. So, you know, it's time for him. And then the other one is Nick Benito, who, you know, he was... Uh, Nine was the sec- second round or third round draft pick. What, what was he for the Broncos this year? I, I can't mm. remember now. It was their first pick. Well, I'm looking at the snap second. count for him. He had nine percent 
Uh, he played 9% of snaps last week. Nick Nick Benito did 16% of snaps the week before. 0-0 zero, zero the previous week. 64th so. overall pick. So that would be the second, second round. round. Yeah. I could do math. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, so the guy that they had in there the first two weeks for you know just a handful of plays to spell the other outside linebackers was actually Jonathan Cooper. And then Jonathan Cooper has not played the last couple of weeks, and it's been Nick Benito instead. So, I mean, that's the other guy floating around. Unless he's in, I don't think he's injured, Jonathan Cooper. Uh, you he, know what? He is on this list. I'm just looking he? at ESPN. Because that would be another guy, obviously. Uh, let's that, see. They questionable. His just list is questionable. Okay. And, and, you know, I did like I did like some of what we saw from Jonathan Cooper last year. And, you know, he, he looked like he had a little bit in him, right? A little something to him. Uh, some depth for the Broncos at that position. So, I don't know. We'll see. We will see the... Ball is squarely in Browning's court, as they say. I mean, it is time for him to put up or shut up, right? This is his moment. So let's uh, give him the benefit of the doubt and let, let's hope he can and fill that hole. And you know what? I will also say this. In terms of the drop-off from a Randy Gregory to a Browning, a Baron Browning, I don't think you're really looking at, you know, multiple points, like in terms right, of the line, right? Right, right, right. So um, the line. I'll always remember something that, a friend of the show, Tyler Walji, who's, uh, of course, a professional sports better, told me, I will always remember something he told me back from 2015. So this was the year when Von Miller was wrecking game plans, right? He was the beast on the defense, uh, the height of the pinnacle of Von Miller's career. And something Tyler told me was that Von Miller was, out of all defenders in the NFL, he was number one in terms of how many points he is worth for a a game spread, right? In other words, if, if the Broncos are favored a point and a half and then they lose Von Miller, the line moves more than any other NFL player that is on defense. And the total of movement was like a point and a half. Right. Okay. So in terms of the drop off between a Randy Gregory and someone else, you're talking about a couple plays here and yeah. there that, that granted, I, I, it, it doesn't work in a vacuum like that. Right. Of course, yeah. because, because all it takes is one play, right. a strip sack and boom. But you know what? Browning is also capable of that one play. So I think in the scheme of things, it's not going to be, gonna be the end of the world for the Broncos. What about, okay, what about backpedal a little bit to Javante Williams? What, what do we think? How much of an impact is that? And, and, and we don't necessarily need to put it to a point spread and how much it moves the point spread. But I mean, are the Broncos going to lose more games as yeah. a result of Javante Williams being out? Are we seeing that significant of an impact that this will be a worse team on paper at the end of the year because of this loss? Because I would say, and correct me if you guys disagree, that with the Randy Gregory loss, I don't think that you're going to see a different win and loss total as a result of him. If he if he doesn't play the rest of the year, I don't know that you see a difference there. It all comes down to whether this is, again, obvious. Can Melvin hold on to the rock? There's yeah. no way to predict what's going to happen if we don't know. I mean, it's yeah. obvious towards the end of the game, confidence was completely shot. That's obvious. So is he good in pass pro? 100%. He's, he's solid. So I, I think it. I'm... I'm optimistic that he will play well it is going he is going to be a huge determining factor in how the Broncos season finishes up I got the solution okay you paid Russ that big bucks just don't run the ball all passing Connor all game don't even run it don't even try don't even try maybe a screen pass here or there that's about all you need you're on enough of the screens those are not (laughs) working have you have you seen the Broncos screen game yeah they don't seem to grasp because we can't run the rock yeah that's because we cannot run the rock that the screenplays do not work right right right. to a certain extent yeah absolutely and and not only that but 
they're not really scared of us having a we're not, we're not burning them over the top either. I mean, they're not having to back off. They're playing a lot of press coverage on us and that's hurting the screen game. And and then you look at our our personnel. I mean, do we really have a you know, Tyreek Hill type of guy who is shifty enough to catch the ball and just make something supposed happen. Supposed to be Jerry Judy. No, it's supposed to be KJ Hamler. That's, that that's who it's supposed to be. And Hey, we had a KJ Hamler sighting last week. Yeah. We did have a KJ Hamler sighting. That was God, good and I'm see. even trying to remember at what point the game that that happened. Was that towards like the end of the game? I, I, yeah, I, believe, I believe so. I, th- I, I believe it was it, actually... It felt like it was the game was kind of already in hand at that point, so I think right? That's, I think that's when... I could be wrong, but I think that that is when he caught it when he was downed on like the, you know, couple yard line. And then Russell Wilson ran in the touchdown, okay. I believe. Okay. Um, so I could be wrong. Hey, call me out if I'm wrong out there. Twitterverse, right? At Red Rock Sports One. Always let us know. Always let us know. We're happy to hear from, yeah, the, from the people course, who listen. Of course, of so. course. Especially when you're going to critique Connor. That's our favorite yeah, one. Absolutely. Hey, and I'll come at you. I'll come right back at you with just as much venom. But I, I joke about <laughs> not running the ball, but, but in my mind, seriously, that is the... The, the success that the Broncos are going to have. Line has to no, play significantly it, better. It has to fall squarely on the shoulders of Russell Wilson and this wide receiving core. They have to step up. You have to be better. You have to make the plays when the ball's in your hands. I agree that they need to do some things to scheme to Russell Wilson's strengths more, but to, to sit there and think you're just going to plug and play with Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, Latavius Murray, and, and, and just keep running the same offense. That hasn't worked, by the way, with Javante Williams. You got to really, I think it, it comes down to if the Broncos are going to turn this around, and I don't even say turn around, they're at a 500 season, get to 10 wins, no, get to the playoffs, Russell Wilson's got to step up. That's all yeah, I'll you, say. You got you to let Russ cook a little bit more with Javante out. I do think with Melvin Gordon, right, if he can hold on to the football, which is a huge if at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm, I already told you that I am coming off of my soapbox about Melvin Gordon. I, with egg on my face, fully Connor's on my got face, him cut okay? by the end of the weekend, man. Uh-huh. If he coughs it up, yeah, I could see that happening. But, uh, but, but I could also see if Melvin Gordon figures it out and stops coughing up the rock at an ungodly rate, then I think the drop-off between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon is going to be less than people think, potentially, too. I mean, uh, everything's in play right now. It's just, if Melvin Gordon can get rid of whatever mental issues he is going through with, with the yips or whatever, I mean, get this man a, a, a mental health sports coach. Those, those people exist. Every team has one of them, at least one of them. I think I need a mental health sports coach. I think that would help me. In they actually life. do wonders uh, with, with sports. No, seriously, it's really cool what they do. That's a whole different topic. Maybe in the offseason when it's really slow. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whatever you have to do, get this man a, a coach something, right? He's got to do something because it is it is also true. While I said that, yes, he coughs up the rock real early, you could see him getting cut. That is possible. It is also true that if he holds onto the football, the drop off might not even be as sus- we're talking Pro Bowl, as people Pro Bowl, easy. No, but but I do think that the drop off wouldn't be quite as noticeable. I mean, I honestly, he can get the job done if he can yeah. just hold on to the football. Well, you look so. at their production last year, and, and their stats say that they were they were pretty equal in their production last year. Right. Will you guys feel better? Do we feel better now getting that out a little? What do we bit? say? We little, dwelled with a little dwelling we dwelled. on it. Yeah, good. We dwelled good, very hard. Good, good. All right, the Thera- next, therapy session. I, right here. I think it's probably time, and and this is actually not a, a better moment for me. But we're gonna we're gonna turn to our our best bets of the week. Hey, my bet hit. Gonna look ahead to next week by chance? We will. Okay. We will. So we're going to go bets first. Yeah, we're going to go bets first. I wanted to break it up a little bit, but I did great on the bet I gave out. Fellas, the rest of my betting on Thrive Fantasy... Not so good this week. Not so good. But you know why I love Thrive Fantasy is even though I went like one for six on my, my bets... It's still actually not 
losing so much money because the, the payouts are so good. When, you, when you're doing these parlays, they pay out so much better than anywhere else. So I had a, a, a three-guy parlay. I threw ten bucks on it, sixty-five bucks. I'm getting back out of it. I mean, that's huge. You don't get that on other sports books. So that that really can make up for those of you that don't bet on quite the clip of the professional betters hitting in that fifty-five to sixty percent clip. I'm more at about a thirty to forty (laughs) percent winning. It allows me to keep afloat a little bit. One of the best things about Thrive Fantasy, they allow you to do those parlays on player props, something a lot of, of betting apps don't really do. And more and more of these apps are starting to get involved and they're seeing the potential of player props. Thrive Fantasy is the best. Make sure when you sign up with them, use our promo code RED. That's R-E-D. Use that promo code at sign up. They will match up to $100 online, thrivefantasy.com or download the app. Guys, we had a pretty good week. We had we were two and one between the three of us on our picks. Did, do you guys remember yours? Or do I need to tell you? I do remember mine, lost? yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, Connor, you hit. You had uh, Leonard Fournette under one and a half total touchdowns. He did get the one receiving touchdown. Actually had very little production on the game at all. But he did get the one receiving touchdown. But you hit under one and a half touchdowns. Soaps. Your boy Jalen Hurts did not come through for tough, you. Tough I week. thought that number was pretty high. He was uh, over 302 and a half total yards. Yeah, like 260? Uh, 242, 204 passing, 38 rushing. Uh, I think the problem was... Is Heavy that, rain. Yeah, yeah. You Heavy gotta, that, rain. That passing number really takes away mm. from that there. So that puts both you guys at 2-1 and one on the year. Mm. In our quest for the chip. I continue my greatness uh, hoarding over you guys with a 4-0 record on the year. We took Aaron Jones, 47.5, the over on the rushing yards. My man went for 110. Easy, easy money right there. Uh, By the way, a part of the only winning bet I had on Thrive Fantasy this week. This week... I'm going to go to the Broncos game here, but I am not betting on a Bronco. I'm taking my man, Jonathan Taylor. I wrote this down before I realized that he was questionable on the game. Does it matter? He is <laughs> over under on rushing touchdowns is 0.5, a half a touchdown. Now, he has only scored one touchdown this season. That is why I am betting on him. He's due, guys. He's due. This is a great running back. You can't keep this guy and down. let's not forget the Broncos have allowed a low amount of rushing touchdowns. Sure, sure, sure. So maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but I just think the rushing champion from last year is going to keep getting better and better week after week. I expect at least one touchdown from Jonathan Taylor in this game. I'm taking the over a half a rushing touchdown. What do you guys like? I'm going to go with the Broncos as well. I'm going to stick with the Broncos game. Quick turnaround. I'm going to go with the oft-maligned Melvin Gordon to get over 30 and a half rushing yards. That is the number for him. Over 30 and a half. And I think we are talking about this before. It, it doesn't look like they've moved this number uh, even with the news that he's probably going to be taking on a bigger workload this well, week. Well, that, so. and he was listed as questionable. He came out with a neck, neck injury from this last game, so there was some uncertainty. Was that from looking up at the scoreboard? Probably. To probably. Watch him fumble yeah, or probably. But mm. with it being a Thursday night game, I think there's some uncertainty whether he played. But they did come out and say he is going to play in this game. So 30 and a half. So what I'm hearing from you is you're predicting his fumble to be in the second <laughs> half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Hopefully, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hopefully, no fumbles. But yes, over 30 and a half yards from Melvin Gordon. That is where I'm standing. 
All right. In our quest for the chip. Reminder out there, whoever loses this is going to have to eat that chip challenge. Uh, very, very spicy tortilla chip. A $7 tortilla chip. That's definitely outside the budget for our show, but we're uh, it, Important question. <laughs> so, you know, you go like buy NyQuil at the grocery store, you know, and you swipe your the, the item and they make you show your ID. You suppose this chip's the same way? I don't know, Connor, you go to buy you to show your ID? I did not have to show my ID, but I also sometimes do not have to show my ID on age-restricted products. Yeah, you look old. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I look pretty old. You know, they're like, hey, someone that has, uh, you know, that gut on them yeah. must have That's some years. They must gut. have some years on them. Right? You don't get that under under eighteen, man. No, 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 no. And you don't get that before you have a kid either. It's just one of those things. So, <laughs> uh, all right. What, what do you got, Nick? What do you got for your bet? I'm gonna since the Broncos are playing Thursday, I too will hop on the bandwagon. I'm gonna go Matt Ryan under two hundred and forty five and a half passing yards. Ooh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So let's use this to sort of transition into this game. Um we you know, we all obviously threw our bets out on this game. It's it's kind of a fun thing to do when we know the Broncos are playing in that Thursday night game, but I I tend to disagree with you because I think you look at this Colts team and this is a team that tends to play from behind, which means a lot of passing yards. You know, they 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 did that against Houston in week 1. They came from behind against uh, uh the the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Jared, so. that would imply the Broncos are getting ahead. Ooh. <laughs> this is also probably take. something that take. won't happen. You're right. I see where you're getting at it's here. So here. do we feel like, guys, coming out uh, off of a tough loss, now you get the Thursday night game, you get it at home. Is that a positive for the Broncos to turn around and play so quickly? Or or could that be a negative, obviously, with all the injuries and things like that, having to rework some things? Are you guys looking at this good thing or bad thing to play Thursday night? Uh, I think it's... It's just tough on both teams when you got a quick turnaround like that. You look at these Thursday night games, you almost never, you almost always have multiple players who probably would have played on Sunday who are not playing on Thursday. I just know off the top of my head that for the Colts, that uh, I guess his name's not Darius Leonard anymore. It is Shaquille, Shaquille Leonard, Leonard yep. is what he's going by. Uh, so much poor, better. Shaq yeah, very Leonard. cool. That's yeah, poor very poor cool. guy, though. I mean, he probably actually wouldn't have played anyways. I, I don't know. But he comes back, of course, from having that big surgery in the offseason, right? He comes back last week for his first time in a game and breaks his nose and gets a concussion. Uh, so No, no, it was, it was probably his back. Well, it was a broken nose and a concussion. Actually, we're, we're sure we're sure it wasn't like a back injury <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. or okay. I'm sure he's on my fantasy team, but okay, uh, just making sure. Uh, one of my many fantasy teams, but so you know he has a broken nose concussion. Uh, if he passed the concussion protocol, though, you guys all know that broken noses are sometimes things that people play with, right? I, which I it, fath- it's unfathomable to me. Can you guys imagine even like doing your regular work with a broken nose? I've I broken mean, like, my nose. Okay, well. I guess I, I, I am just the wuss that uh, can't imagine having. See, a to me, nose. it's the football, it's the helmet, man. If that thing mm-hmm. hits down on that nose, oh, that's not mm-hmm. going to feel good mm-hmm. at all. So, so you're yeah, going to have, you're gonna really have players hurt. out for both teams potentially that that might have actually played when it comes Sunday. It's always a little tougher. I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing for for anybody. I mean, I guess if you're a Broncos homer and you're really going from the Broncos' point of view only, you could say, "Hey, uh, this is good." The Broncos. A, don't have to play a very strong team on a short rest, right? Like it's the Colts out of, you know, it's not like they have to go play Kansas City in Arrowhead on a short week, right? So that's a good thing. 
Uh, but also, you know, there's something to be said about the players really wanting to get that bad taste out of their mouth now, right? They just want to get out there and play again. Uh, you guys out there have probably played sports before, albeit not in the NFL level. Neither have we. But everyone here has played some level of sports. Don't assume we don't I, have any listeners. That right? Are no, that's NFL true. Players. Very, very true. Very true. But I, I think that there's something to be said that that all of us can at least understand. When you have a bad performance on any sport, you want to get right back out yeah. there and go again. Like, and it, it doesn't even if you're matter. A competitor, anyway. Sports like, related at all. I mean, think of in, in a workplace when you, you bought something. You want it. You dwell on those things. You think about them. You know, and if you can move past it quicker, you, just, you want another it's, it's chance much, exactly. like right away, right? So, exactly. So I, I really do look at this good. as a positive, and and even more so getting it at home because. Again, I am no betting expert. I would love to ask Tyler Walgie's opinion on this. I never have, but I would be very curious to know the home road splits on you know not only who's winning against the spread, but who's winning outright in these games. And I have to think it very. And when I say these games, Thursday night games, the the short notice or the the, the short turnaround after the previous week, having to travel off days from what you normally are your practice weeks, it so favors the home team every week in and week out you see it uh i I think that's a huge bump for the the broncos to get that home field in this thursday night game and i i really hope that means you're gonna get a bounce back i think it's very telling that the betting line on this right now minus three for the broncos which you have Mm. to think you're getting a pretty heavy home field advantage Mm. for a thursday night game that tells you that so you're telling me i should take the colts that right the colts may be viewed as the better (laughs) team right now uh, across Mm -hmm. the country I Uh, i don't know about that i think home i think home field Gets depending. three points I, usually. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a, but but I think it's like always, two and a half to three and a half. Yeah, depending. people always say that like it's it's just in a in a vacuum in a in a nutshell. This is always the same. Broncos already get a pretty heavy you know home field advantage because they sell out their games because the fans are so loud. Those sorts of things. But then you throw the Thursday night game. I have to think. And again, I am amateur at best when it comes to betting and I couldn't make a betting line to save my life but I have to think that that's weighing well, more than I, three points and right I now. think that's you know I said two and a half to three and a half that's because it does not exist in a vacuum right. so if you're thinking this leans more to the three and a half you know maybe even four if it's like an extreme home yeah but let's advantage. even say they're calling it a pick em, right on a neutral right? so field it's, it's got to be pretty close to a pick em here so it'll be interesting where we'll do see. you guys rank Matt Ryan Amongst quarterbacks in the in the NFL, would you say he's oh, wow, in the upper here, any huh? upper tier or or not? Because I think upper they're tier. What is up? There was tier? A, no, no, I think we can all agree that Matt Ryan at this point looks extremely washed yeah. at yeah. best. Yeah, uh-huh. I well, would say I, he's he's definitely a bottom. Uh, for sure, uh, bottom third. Uh, no, well, easily bottom easily third. Bottom I was going to say like bottom. Wow, you go that like far down. You don't think he's even a They're top awful. Half Are you? Wa- yeah, you should watch. I don't know how many games you watched. If no, you watch really those games, haven't. he is easily, it, easily, easily. Because there was a time right when now. he was yeah. with the Falcons. I don't know that he was ever elite. I mean, he did I, win an MVP, but I really just I would say MVP is elite. Yes, but, but like I'm not saying. Uh, Going into that year, people didn't think he was a top three to five quarterback, and coming out of that year, they didn't think he was. A top I will five say that I will say this: Carson Wentz is one of the least enjoyable quarterbacks, in my opinion, to watch <laughs> play football in the league. Carson and, Wentz, yeah, he was the quarterback for the Colts last year, yeah. and I would argue that Car- uh, that um, Matt Ryan is a downgrade. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, that's, yeah, see, them, that's dirty words that. right that's there. That's not, not a bad argument. Yeah. I, no, but yes, Brent Ryan is definitely in the bottom So he is actually hindering yep. this team. I more agree. Than yeah, totally. I, I, I think it was a net. I think it was like a net neutral for them to go and get Matt Ryan. I mean, kind of like what it, it it's starting. I hate to, stop I, it. I don't, stop I, it. I, stop, right, stop it. it. I will say this. It definitely feels 
as though the biggest advantage that the Broncos have is the fact that Matt Ryan is quarterback and they're playing at home. I going back to what you said earlier. I don't really Thursday night games are kind of you know it's nice you can watch them on Amazon. Yeah, everyone has an Amazon account, but I don't think it really helps nor hurts. I think it's going to come down to the offensive line. I think this is a big game for the Broncos, and I even hate to say that because you had that markdown as a win two three weeks ago, and now it's got to have it. You got to have it. You do got to have this one. It's honestly. It is as close to a must win at this point in the season as I think you can get because you are not looking at the Broncos schedule. You are not reasonably making the playoffs if you lose this game. You're just not. I mean, I know anything can happen, right? I generally don't love subscribing to the must win games this early, but I don't know how else to look at this because if you lose this game, you are in some serious trouble. And you know what? To Nick's point, Absolutely, Matt Ryan is is dragging this team down. I mean, they, look at their team. They have a pretty, they have a good offensive line. They have a good run game right now. Obviously, that could change with with uh, some injuries and stuff. But they have a good run game. Um, you know, Michael Pittman is, is a pretty good receiver. He's, I mean, he's no, you know, he's no, he's no Jerry Judy. <laughs> oh wow, <Okay. laughs> got him, uh, but, got but, him. You know, I, I think they're they're. I mean. You know, they got Mo Alley-Cox is a good red zone type threat, right? Their defense isn't terrible. I mean, I definitely do see Matt Ryan as as a very bottom-of-the-pack quarterback at this point in his career. Um, and I think that just tells you everything you need to know. Uh, when I say that this is a must-win game, like that is how desperate we are at this point. I mean, you have to win this game. You have to win the games that you okay. can win because this schedule's too hard. It is I, too I want to reword it because I'm, I'm there with you. I don't like the say must-win game. I'm yeah, going to say must win. this but, is but a it turning is. point game. This is a turning point game. You win this AKA game. You must win you get it to, to three have a and two. Turn. All of a sudden, again, just like we were talking about if you'd have beaten the Raiders... Uh, the way you've done it doesn't really matter. Your record is what your record is, and so if you can get to that, you know, turn it, turn it, get three and two. Now you go at Chargers, though. You lose this game, then you go lose at Chargers. Man, that's three losses in a row. Things start to kind of unravel a little bit. I, I could see the season sort of Monday night game too uh, against the Chargers next week. Wow! So you go from Thursday to Monday. Yeah, that game's game. in L.A., right? Yeah. So yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Great stadium. I'm, not, I'm actually uh, there's a there's like a 50 50 chance I go to the game. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll that, keep you guys. Wouldn't fun. that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Uh, you better be back before Tuesday. Um, red eye Monday. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. I like to see right that. after the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We find our hosts when they when they don't uh, make it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't get paid to do it, but we'll find yeah, your ass yeah. if you don't make it in for a show. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right. So we give some predictions, boys. I'll go. Oh, uh, yeah. Go, All right, ahead, go for it. I think we get absolutely carved up Ooh. on the run game. Oh, I think Jonathan Taylor has his breakout game. I think he, he goes nuts on us, but after this game, I will be a little more realistic. However, I think the Broncos somehow some way find a way. I think Melvin Gordon fumbles only once <laughs> when it's when it's the least important time to fumble Broncos Russ. He cooks 17 14 <laughs> Broncos cooks. And gets seventeen. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's can, where. Hey, that's, that's above season a- season average correct, right there, buddy. Correct. <laughs> Carter, what you got? <sighs> I am gonna go twenty-one seventeen Broncos. Okay. Okay. And just so depressed about it. Wow. Okay. We're dwelling. Well, I keep, yeah. I keep I keep guessing above the twenty points for the Broncos, and it yeah. just never happens. So I, so I say that with an a complete air of. I'm Arrogance. expecting Arrogance. disappointment. I am. I am anticipating being disappointed. You're like the, you're like the kid at Christmas that wanted 
like a car, like one of those toy cars, and you ended up getting like crowns. Or, or like I wanted like a, uh, I wanted like whatever it you is. wanted a, 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 a PlayStation, and you ended up with a Wii. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and the Wii's were cool. No, no, no. You know, it, it's like I wanted a um, a Razor scooter, and like you know, my parents got back and gave me some like China made, like you know, non Razor scooter. You yeah, know? and it's not even really a big deal in the scheme of things, but like being to a ten year old, yeah, like you, child, you're yeah. an idiot, and you think yeah, that it doesn't it's a big say Razor. And not only uh, that, but Santa didn't even eat the cookies or drink the milk that you left out. He forgot in his it. haste oh, to drop wow. off said Chinese made tough. Razor scooter. That is tough. But you would think that a Razor scooter is made. In China, so I guess yeah. it's, <laughs> that's this is literally true. just a different label we're putting on it. Correct, that's that's yes. the only difference here. Well, I'm going to push my delusion like out as far as I've gone this year, and I've gone there so far. I just yes, look you at like this, Baker Mayfield. I look yeah. at this Colts <laughs> team. Okay, maybe also, not that. You also far. like Paxton Lynch too. <laughs> maybe yeah. Not that far. Uh, look at this Colts team. They are one, two, and one. A fluky win against the Chiefs that they should not have won, and the Chiefs should have come back and beaten them anyways if their kicker could kick a damn field goal. The, the, the tie against the Texans, they were down 20 points in the fourth quarter in the second half. That's a game where the Texans collapsed and let them win. This should be an 0-4 team right now. If they were 0-4, everyone would be talking about this differently. I think I the Broncos think so. get going, buddies. I, I, I'm not going to say that it's going to be, uh, you know, a uh, 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 you know, high scoring game over under 43, but I'm thinking the Broncos win this one 21 to 10, something like that. Oh. I, I like the Broncos in this one to, sh- to shut mm. them down a bit on it, uh, it, which just made me realize Which that means that my, my prediction of one touchdown. <laughs> it better yes. be Jonathan Taylor. Yes, I absolutely believe in that. It will be Jonathan Taylor getting that touchdown. Okay. All right, guys. All right. Um, well, before, as, as we're on the way out of here, I should say breaking news because everyone cares so much about it. Aaron Judge just broke a fake record. Uh, just yep. got his sixty-second oh, home run Congrats, uh, in Aaron his Judge. leadoff at bat. Uh, I know you guys don't watch college football, but that has to be the funniest thing. ESPN and Fox are both doing it. Every at bat, they cut away from the college football games to watch Aaron Judge because there's nothing more that in a Kentucky versus Ole Miss game that people from Kentucky and Mississippi <laughs> nothing more they care about than the freaking New York Yankees man come on guys hey, know your hey, demographic what's, what's more important uh, watching children play football or uh, watching a professional athlete break a hundred year old record a fake record yeah. that's not actually the record because know, there has been a player in our lifetime <laughs> that beat true. this record that is true uh, but that player that broke the record will uh, never be. Well, I shouldn't say never is not in the Hall of Fame because of the cheating scandal. Do Alleged. We do we think? Do we think Aaron Judge maybe anything going on? He's a big dude, but all of a sudden nobody's come near sixty in a while. He's a big dude, but like he has a big bone strike. His teeth are the size of playing cards. Like it literally, like he smiles, and you think you're about to like double down on blackjack. Is that the key? Is that the key? He's got to have huge teeth. Is his? <laughs> he really grit those teeth. Yeah. Well, and, he, and he fixed his teeth this year, so they're not quite as noticeable. But I swear they were like they. He smiled, and it looked like you were ready to play blackjack. It was it was something. But uh, yeah, I would. You know what? That's a great move by Fox and ESPN. Uh, watching history be made is significantly more important than watching yeah. children if, play football. Yeah. If you follow Twitter, the the, <laughs> the people that were watching that game will absolutely. Next week we got to get some nuggets on. Yes. We will get to some Nuggets talk, some Avalanche talk in the next coming weeks. Both of those seasons are kicking off. They're in the preseason mode. And boys, 
We had our five starters out there. Had all five. This is They're big. back. This is big. They're back, let's, baby. Uh, let's, let's table that one for next week. We will start talking about what our expectations are coming into this coming season. For Nick and Connor, I'm Jared. Thanks for stopping in to Red Rock Sports.